I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Beth. My name is Peter. And my name is Ashton. Good morning, everybody. Good Hello. morning. How are we today? Great. Yeah. Yeah. I love that on our, because we have alternate busy Thursday and less busy Thursday. Yeah. And on busy Thursday, where we have um, After Dark to record today, we uh, had just just a real pain in the a pain in a pain in there mm-hmm. yeah with this whole set whole 45 minutes of technical problems yes. this yes. morning before we even started it it's great mm-hmm. So Busy we're a little Thursday. bit behind. Yes. Uh, and we've got lots of exciting things to talk about today. Thank you to, uh, before I even thank our wonderful patrons normally, I'd like to thank our wonderful patrons for heeding our our pleas mm. uh, in last week's episode. And we're going to be covering lots of contemporary news story stuff in the mm-hmm. questions this week, which is very exciting. It's worked out very well. It has indeed. But mm. before we get there, we need to talk about uh, the sponsor for this week's podcast. We get sponsored by yeah. a very real video game adjacent sponsor each and every week. <laughs> You okay? You're What's looking up? mischievous. <laughs> just I'm looking just like excited. Okay. This is a good uh, week. Dead Island to the uh, Spider. Dead Island to the Spider is in our studio. I saw him yesterday. <laughs> oh, is he? Downstairs. Yeah. Has he gone studio. from the, the toilet into the studio? Yeah. Is he? Uh, wow. Just above the worst games ever set up. He's just hanging out in the corner. That's amazing. Mm. Yeah. So exciting. Well, we I nearly went and got you, Ashton, to get to like do a TikTok <laughs> or something. It's like, let's do he's some here. content. Quick, it's so exciting. Yeah. Film the boy. But then I can't be bothered. The end. Good. Uh, Ashton, yeah. I believe you have the ad read in front of you there. I do. This week is quite an important week in the gaming sphere and in my personal sphere as well. Because as you guys know, Tis the Kingdom comes out this weekend. And also, yeah. it's Eurovision, it which is, is two biggest things. my favourite day of the year. Um, and some for some reason, Nintendo have gone a bit niche with this kind of... Because um, they, they had to recognise that... Okay, yeah, Tears of the Kingdom's big worldwide, but so is Eurovision. And everyone cares about Eurovision the same as they care about the new Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Just is exactly the same. Exactly the same level the of Venn hype. The diagram is a circle. It's a circle, exactly. And so at th- least two of the countries involved are kingdoms. So Exactly. Very true. Yeah. yeah. So they've... Uh, it's a bit of a weird one that they've gone for, but I guess they had to try and make it fit a little bit with their title, I guess. Um, as you guys know, yes. the Euro- the UK entry, she's called May Muller. That's it. I did, you, I you did, did know, know that. that. Yeah. Yeah, and did. so they've gone in support of her hmm. uh, and they've released the kind of the spin-off like, let's go, May. Um, 
is with called Legend of Muller points for the kingdom. Uh, in brackets, United. Point. United, yeah. yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. Nintendo have decided to... They're showing their support for their favourite entry, May Muller of the United Kingdom. So yeah. Japanese company Nintendo are yep. officially backing the UK. Well, they, they kind of had a bit of ground to make up for, given that, oh my God, there's a spider up there. <laughs> oh, wow. Dead Island 2 is up there. He's that up there. He actually is. He's in the studio. Everyone oh, calm yeah. down. Everyone, he's here. He's Stay there. calm. He's in the studio. Um, sorry. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, they had a bit of ground to make up for because you may remember that they announced this game the day after the Queen died. Yeah, so which was they which were was a, a bit like a decision, an intentional ugh. decision. Yeah, they were like, oh, we've got a bit of making up to do Whoops. to the great nation of the United Kingdom. Yeah. Um, the weirdest country in the world. So they've decided to support May for Eurovision. And what's it called again? Legend of Muller. Yeah. That's in her surname. Points for the kingdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In brackets, united. Yes. So Muller... <laughs> sounds like sounds a lot like Zelda, Zelda. of course, yeah. which, is the, which is the cleverest part. Yeah. It's a shame that Zelda's not the princess and is the little elf boy because, you know, if Zelda <laughs> was a female character, then Muller would kind yeah, of... Yeah, that yeah, would also exactly. make more sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, yeah. Zelda's the boy. Well, yeah. it doesn't matter so. because... It's not real. Oh, no. They haven't tried to make up for their mistakes. That's so annoying. However, the Eurovision Legend of is Zelda... Real. Eurovision is real, yes. And The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is real and is out right now yeah. when you're listening to this. It isn't at the time of recording. And therefore, unfortunately, it didn't make the cut for Review Corner this week. But we will be talking about it in next detail week. next week for sure. You you have our promises and words mm-hmm. about it. Uh, no, we're not sponsored by that. We're sponsored by our very wonderful uh, uh, patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where for as little as $1 per month, you can submit questions to this podcast about the biggest news stories of the week and be potentially featured on the flipping podcast loads of other tiers available as well and we really really appreciate your support we know that it's a a very tough time out there at the moment and disposable income is is very tight for a lot of people so for those of you who are supporting us just know that 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 it means the world so thank you thank you to all of you uh, do we have a first question, Peter? We do. It's from Bartek Kubica, who says, Schnicked, Bap, what's your opinion about word the, about the words of Phil Spencer that he said on The Kind of Funny Show? Uh, are we witnessing changes? Or does Phil, uh, or did Phil just don matric himself? Matric. Matric, yes. Yeah, sorry, I got so confused by... I, or does Phil... Phil. Bartek, Bartek is not, is a, not native a native English speaker. Of course, no, I, I know that. That's fine. <laughs> to be fair, I think off. my brain just auto-corrects things sometimes because I didn't notice that when I put the question. M- matric sounds like a sort of silly pun that we would Look say. Matric. Yeah. 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 Don Stunts. matricked himself. Or does Phil just Don matricked himself? Yes. Okay. Uh, yes, he does. Have a great day, Bartek the nerd. Thank you, Bartek. Thanks, Bartek. You Thank nerd. You, Bartek. you geek. Nerd. So I've got some context here. Um, it's a bit of a write-up, but it is all useful, especially for those who don't know that this has happened. And this broke just after Literally we recorded the podcast last after. week when we were talking about Microsoft and what comes next mm. and so on. It's typical. Uh, this was according to your, your gamer, I think. Your. I did write it down, but your. not the document. Your. Uh, in a video interview with Kind of Funny Game, Kind of Funny Games, Spencer explained why he believes Bethesda's Starfield potentially being a superb game will do little to help turn things around for Xbox. Quote, there is no world where Starfield is an 11 out of 10 and people start selling their PS5s. That's not going to happen. Uh, But why not, says the article? Why wouldn't great first-party games for Xbox move the needle? According to Spencer, Xbox's fate was sealed after it lost the last generation. 
We lost the worst generation to lose in the Xbox One generation, where everybody built their digital library of games, Spencer said. We want our Xbox community to feel awesome, but this idea that if we just focused more on great games on our console, that somehow we're going to win the console race, doesn't relate to the reality of most people. Like 90% of the people every year who walk into a retailer to... No, sorry. Like... 90% of people every year who walk into a retailer to buy a console are already a member of one of the three ecosystems, and their digital library is there. This is the first generation where the big games they're playing were games that were available last gen. When you think about Fortnite and Roblox and Minecraft, the continuity from generation to generation is so strong. Uh, A little bit left here. I see a lot of pundits out there who want to go back to the time when we all had cartridges and discs and every new uh, generation was a clean slate and you could switch the whole console share. That's just not the world we're in today. We're not in the business of out-consoling Sony or out-consoling Nintendo, Spencer said, before admitting uh, it has little chance of competing with its rivals. Uh, Lastly, he says, there isn't really a great situation or win for us. Uh, And I know that it will upset a ton of people, but the truth of the matter is when you're third place in the console marketplace and the two top players are as strong as they are and have, in certain cases, very discreet focus on doing deals and other things that make being Xbox hard for us as a team, that's on us, not anybody else. Our vision is that everyone who's on a console has to feel... Our vision is that everybody who's on console has to feel like they have a great experience and they're a first-class citizen. They're invested... Uh, they've invested a ton in our platform, and I see it out there. I see commentary that if you just build great games, everything would turn around. It's just not true that if we go off and build great games, all of a sudden you're going to see a console share shift in some dramatic way. Yeah, hmm. that's, hmm. It was a 40-minute interview, but that is yeah. you know the the main bit. Some of the some of the highlights. I yeah. liked a bit where someone was trying to be positive, like, oh well, you know, you're still doing really good, and he was like, I'm not in a positive mood. Yeah. So I'm not yeah. going to be positive. I mean, to be fair, and I was like, they've taken a hell of a yeah. battering over the past couple of weeks with the uh, the the what's the ASA CMA. stuff? CMA. Mm. That's it. ASA is stuff we're dealing with. Yeah, the CMA mm. yeah. and uh, Redfall and so on. There's there's a lot going on. He introduced so. himself, or well, they introduced him on the in the interview and said, uh, you know, and it's Phil Spencer. Hey, how's it going? And he was like, Well, I've I've had better. Two I've had weeks. better weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What did you think, Peter? Well, I mean, I was surprised. Firstly, I was, I, it was quite sort of candid and mm. not kind of self-flagellation as such, but it was, it was just a very public, like, I don't know. It, it's hard to say how much of it was just, is this the the right PR thing to do, or mm. is this like how he actually feels? I think like he must feel that way about into the, the the kind of the console share and uh, market share and you know the solutions moving forward because they don't relate specifically to Redfall. Uh, whereas the comments that he made about Redfall itself, you do have to wonder like how much of that was very carefully written by uh, by a team. Um, they weren't included in there, but yeah, he sort of commented on why, where he thought it went wrong for Redfall. But it's kind of surprising. I also don't know if I agree with him. I mean, he's the mm. one who's, you know, in the industry and has risen to the top of the company and, you know, should know better than certainly me uh, what Xbox should or shouldn't do or what any uh, console uh, company should be doing. But it just seems incorrect to me from a personal uh, standpoint, I feel that if there was a great library of games on Xbox, I that that interested me particularly, 
I would be interested in buying an Xbox. I only have a Series S for any exclusives that come yeah. around that I'm interested yeah. in. Exactly. So, I mean, I would like to get Game Pass. That's a whole different part of the business model, of course. But, you know, Game Pass, I find, is, is tempting. But if Game Pass didn't exist and there were a bunch of really cool exclusives coming out on Xbox, I would be tempted. Mm. Um, so that's me. I don't know if I speak for the entire video game market and you know all the other consumers but i don't think it's um a stretch to think that that's a fairly common uh kind of opinion yeah uh, for those who could afford to do so uh, i don't know if i could right now but you know f f if you're in a position to buy a second console maybe you would if you think that there's a great library of exclusives mm -hmm. i agree when i kind of felt the same way in the sense of like well the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X are very similar in what they can do and how mm. they run things. They're very, you know, on paper, technically very similar. So the only reason people buy a PlayStation above they buy an Xbox is because either they got the loyalty from the previous generation, which is not wrong about. Mm. He lost that yeah. and, you know, that's fair enough. It does trickle down. But I also think that because the games that are on offer on PlayStation just like speak more and also you can only play these games on playstation where they've you know got xbox game pass you can play a lot of these xbox exclusives on a pc without yeah. having to buy uh an xbox like you say you've got an xbox series s for the the times you play an exclusive mm -hmm. but i don't imagine that's very often no not really and so i do think that you know i don't necessarily agree with him i think that he seems to think that oh well yeah we can't do anything now We've we've done it now. Every, every, there's nothing we can do. Which I mean, fair enough. Like say, he is the expert. He, it's literally his job. Mm. But I do think that from an outsider perspective, from the the general public, that I would say, well, I mean, you could have done more. And just it reads slightly defeated. Yeah, it does yeah. a bit. But woe is me. Yeah. But the one thing he did say, which I did appreciate, um, which isn't in your quotes, he said that they're basically. I won't. I don't know the quote exactly. Mm. But essentially, that they're not forcing developers down a strict corridor of what they can and cannot make. They're letting them try new things. Like he was it's saying... It's not working though, is well, it? Yeah. Well, he was saying about Tango making Hi-Fi Rush. Mm. He wasn't... They weren't going to force them to make the next... Um, Evil Within. Evil Within, thank mm. you. Um, when they wanted to make Hi-Fi Rush. So he was like, we're kind of letting them do their own thing. Same with Sea of Thieves as well. Mm -hmm. um, and he's like, these things do work, but sometimes they don't. And we have to take, you know... And but as a publisher, that. that is also your job yes. to kind of say this is not exactly. make business sense. To... Do you need to have that approach with every studio? Yeah, mm. like it's his job. Mm. <laughs> but also it did feel, as you said, a bit defeatist, like he was falling on his sword. Um, and that's got to be a tough pill to swallow if mm. you're like an Xbox fan. Mm. Because yeah. he basically said, yeah, well... Big exclusives aren't going to turn this around. It's like, well, then why did I buy an Xbox? Yeah. yeah. Why do you want to sell this? If, if you're not in the business of being in hardware, then why are you trying to compete in that space? Or why are you trying to... What, what would you say to someone who bought an Xbox Series X either because they're already in that ecosystem and they've got all their previous digital games or that, hey... Xbox has Halo and Gears of War and, you know, they've bought Bethesda and they've got Starfield and they might be buying Activision. Like, what do you say to those people after you've said, well, it doesn't, if we make loads of good games, it's not going to turn this around. Mm. What? You're right. It's, it's the whole argument about hardware. Like, if you're not bothered about that, then why not just 
do some sort of Game Pass software and get it yeah. get it on PlayStation and Switch and PC. Yeah. And just like turn it into a, a, a service it's, alone. It's um, uh, from that fact alone. Like it, it's just fascinating because you never hear people in his position speak so mm. candidly. Mm-hmm. I do think it would be foolhardy to believe that this wasn't run through several layers of PR before yeah. he yeah. went on and did this. But even so, I feel like it's almost some some mixed messaging from, from Phil. And there's two schools of thought where either you're in the camp that we're sort of in, where you're like, why are you saying this stuff? You're sort of making it sound like Xbox isn't necessarily a desirable place for anyone to play games. Mm. Um, or you know, like he's engendering some sympathy. Like, oh, it's nice to hear someone say it like it is. Yeah. It's like, well, the, the, he he probably has a duty not to say it like it mm. is. Like, there's a reason people in his position don't talk like that. And that's to convince their consumers that like... And their investors. And their investors that things are okay. And this, this flies in the face of that. Uh, he did go on to say, to be fair, in the interview that like he believes that they're in a really strong position and going forwards mapped out. They've got like several big tentpole releases that he, he did hype up the showcase quite a lot. Going to be good. So again, like we said last week, all eyes on the showcase. Mm. Like it isn't make or break. They'll be fine. But I do think it's really important. And also, he confirms what we talked about last week, which is that Starfall, Starfield, like, Starfield, sorry, cannot be an eleven out of ten. Like there was no world where it was going to be. But this, he wasn't like, saying that it's not on eleven out of ten. He's saying even if it is, it's not going to. Yeah, Change there's no world where if it's he didn't right. say he didn't say this game is not an eleven out of ten. He said okay. if it is an eleven it is out of ten, it's not gonna... which is impossible because it can only be a ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <then> <laughs> mathematically, <laughs> mathematically speaking, mm. it could never be an eleven but out of ten. But I think that's just, that's quite telling in itself. That yeah. I, although He's that's not what he was saying, I think you're you're reading it right then yeah like deeper between the lines yeah Yeah. because people were we were saying in the previous podcast like all eyes on the showcase all eyes on starfield to kind of like pull this back a little bit for them yeah and does he know maybe has he got some well he must know how how good they have interior yeah internal reviewers has has he sort of like thought Mm, this game isn't going to be the big turnaround that everyone's now talking about in the press. Do I need to get out ahead of time, fight some fires before they even begin and say, just so you know, it doesn't really matter whether (laughs) whether it's really good and whether it turns things around for us because that's not our plan. Yeah, he didn't say, you know, stuff was a great game and even though it's going to be great, it might not help us out in the long run. He didn't yeah. say that, to be fair. No. He did say, if but it's that's not... that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. That's what it sounds like he's saying. It sounds like he's setting expectations for Starfield, obviously not being this world-beating, yeah. world-conquering game, mm. which it shouldn't have to be. No. no. But it's almost been put forced into this position. I'm going to play Starfield. I'm probably going to really like it. It's going to be really good fun. But will it score 10s across the board? I think that's unlikely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, I don't know. This is this is really weird. This whole situation, it was weird. It's very bizarre. And um, I do think, um, you know, we, we kind of like glossed over it. But I was going to say the same thing as you, Ashton, which is that it's it slightly muddies the waters as well when you've got PC as a kind of side platform, mm. as a bit of hardware when it comes to Microsoft. So they don't have even when they've got their own quote unquote exclusives, they're not exclusives no, they're not. because you can play them on PC, and most people have a PC or at least a laptop that can. You know, run. You can cloud game on a pretty crappy laptop. Exactly. So So that's another reason potentially to not not buy an Xbox. I'm really looking forward to Starfield, but I am just thinking, well, 
do I get an Xbox or do I just play it on PC? And I'm, yeah. I'm tempted to just play it on PC. So, mm. you know, that would be the kind of game that if it was purely an Xbox ex- exclusive, I would probably buy an Xbox. But I don't have to because there's... It's probably going to go out on PC. Yeah. 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 Well, it was very interesting regardless. And there's a lot of thoughts and opinions about it on the internet. So we want to hear yours. Let us know in the comments down below if you're an Xbox owner and you feel a bit spurned by it or if yeah. you feel sort of uh, a little bit of sympathy towards Phil there and the situation yeah. that he's been in. Uh, I do I do personally feel for the man. It must mm. have been a very rough couple of weeks. I don't. He's got loads of money. Speaking, <laughs> he can cry into his money, but he's yeah. still crying. Yeah. Um, you know, it'll it'll be very interesting to see this showcase and the future of, of Xbox. I personally am rooting for them because why wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, and I want to play great games on my Series S and I want my purchase of an Xbox to be validated like mm. a lot of people, I yeah. think. So. Exactly. Well... <laughs> Now let's talk about what we not what not what we're gonna be playing after the showcase, but what we are playing. It's oh. what we play in time. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, no, no. It's what we play in time. Time to talk about the games. What we have been playing this week, Peter Austin. Yeah. What you've been playing this week? I've been really busy this week, so I've not actually spent that much time playing anything. But I have um, reached saturation point, which is not a bad thing um, in the Minecraft. Uh, <laughs> world that i've been playing but i've really enjoyed it and now i've reached the point where i'm like okay i've got like a whole house i've got all these farms i've got this like tree tree underground tree farm uh i built a whole monorail as well monorail monorail, and you know got a load of diamond stuff so i've kind of reached the you know that's that's the good thing about minecraft introducing a bunch more stuff is that there's a lot more to go at and you know there are bosses and things um for those who don't know i'm playing like an old build of minecraft where like it's from when there wasn't a great deal of content because it's really nice and nostalgic and like i don't understand modern minecraft but i still quite like it as a concept uh, as a game so uh it's difficult to kind of sit down and play it and not know what's going on so i've been playing this old minecraft and uh yeah i've reached the point where i always used to reach um back in the day where i'm like that's it i've i've done this world I'm probably going to close it now and never play it again. Mm. But that's fine. It plugged a little gap. I've been too busy to to dedicate any time to like proper games in air quotes or, you know, games with a story, I should say, probably. Um, because next game for me is probably Star Wars, uh, Jedi Survivor. But I have not started that. I've not had the time to do that. So uh, it was nice just to like hop on Minecraft occasionally. I've probably, I think, three nights this week I've done a little little session. Um, so it served its purpose and it was a lovely nostalgic trip, but I'm now looking forward to this, this Jedi game that everyone says is really good, except when it's not working. Yeah. Well, there is that. (laughs) But, uh, loads of people I follow online are saying that it's like their favorite Star Wars game of all time. And they think it's, yeah. It's, it's really good. So good, good luck with, uh, with it living up to those expectations. I know. Well, I'm problem, isn't it? I'm still going in with very tempered expectations because as Ben and I've talked about ad nauseum, we weren't huge fans of the first one. Um, but also I'm, I'm glad that like the longer I leave it, the more it's getting patched. Like there was a patch mm. a couple of days ago at time of recording. So um, hopefully it'll run a little bit better by the time I get around to it. So I think probably this weekend I'll uh, t- take the, uh, take the plunge. Lovely. Mm. Yeah. Ashton. I've also been quite busy this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only thing I've played, apart from something that Ben's going to talk about in a minute, um, is Star Wars The Survivor. Mm-hmm. And I'm really enjoying it. 
and uh, I haven't really had that much time to sink into it this week, so I've not explored too much further than I had last week. Um, but I am enjoying it. There's a whole big like set piece section at the end of one of the main missions after you get the green power. Yes. Um, and that was very it's cool, exciting, yeah, very like cool. Um, it felt very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Fluid. Yes. And uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. It's rare these days when they do it like a big set piece in games where you don't immediately mess it up mm. and then have to respawn mm. and it, it kind of ruins the whole yeah. the whole point of it. It was really hard to mess it up. Even when there was one point where the camera swapped to like a different angle and I had no idea what I was doing. I was just pressing the button. Still made you feel sick. Though, Still made it? you feel, yeah, it did feel a bit queasy actually playing oh, okay. that. But, <laughs> but also unwell. like thought it was cool. Yeah, um, cool. And yeah, I'm just really enjoying it. I've been ba- bouncing back and forth between the planets, get seeing all the green bits open and being like, oh, I can explore yeah. this place mm. now. That's how it um, works. Enjoy Vania. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I think it's great. Mm. Cal went through a few outfit changes. Yeah, yeah what's I'm he wearing sure he now? Did. He went through, he was dressed as a yoga teacher for a bit. Cool. He's on... got the, the top knot. The yeah, yeah, yeah. The man bun and yeah. he had the, the goatee and mustache. Brilliant. And then when he left that planet, I turned him. Well, I would. Dic- well, I called him as Twink Cal, where he was in his his chaps and he had like a little vest top on, and he had yeah. his hair like slicked back mm. and a mustache. And now he's back to the the mullet and the. Every time he goes to a different planet, I change his outfit. Right. And uh, he's back to his like rock star cowboy look. Are you finding that uh, negatively impacts the cutscenes nope. at all? Any emotional moments where he's wearing his chaps where you didn't think? Nah. I've made a wrong decision. Hey, people in chaps can be emotional. Yeah. I'm yet to see it. Mm. No one's died yet, so I've not felt like, oh, this is really a detriment to this emotional moment. Because mm. normally, because like, so far it's been like, a bit uplifting and there's been like nice moments and I've just been like, yes. I had a, an Ashton moment the other day where I saw Akis, um, a, an image of Akis on social media. Kalkiskis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I knew I wasn't like super surprised, but yeah. Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. but um, thanks for that. Yeah, I'm Be enjoying careful. it. Yeah, there, it's there are so other cool, annoying. Cool spoilers that right. you've got to avoid. Mm. Both of you, actually, I think, yeah. judging by where you are in the game. So, I shall say no more. I've muted everything online, so hopefully, I right, idea. It. right idea, right mm. idea. Um, is that is that's all I've been playing? This game? I've played flipping loads because I had a friend over at the weekend and we just played loads of like nonsense together and that mm. was pretty nice. fun uh, but the main thing i've been playing is star wars jedi survivor which i finished and got the platinum in on monday i did it do you have um, to do all of the you have to get everything to platinum in? no okay. no there's one sneaky trophy that really annoyed me it's a hidden trophy as well which is to buy all the items from a shop right from a specific shop and wouldn't you know what that actually means is collect all of the currency related to that yeah. shop so you do actually have to collect all of one of the things but I, I didn't actually have to use a guide for for too many. Mm. Like there were a couple where it, it was really unclear, um, which is, you know, super helpful. And the, it, the solution was pretty simple in the end. Uh, but that was the last thing I needed to do was just go around and collect all these bloody priorite shards. Oh, yeah. um, just just in case people are looking for them, there's a, there's a few on one of the other planets. The internet will tell you which of the other planets, but only there's, a few, so. There was a bit that I was doing last night that I almost turned the game off in frustration. Ooh, okay. Because you have to like basically like wall run from like po- pillar to pillar, but, and you don't feel that high up, but if you fall off the pillar, you die and you have to go down a big slide mm. and bounce from the pillar to pillar again. Mm. And you have to like move the camera and jump and also do other things. While, and I'm like, 
I was getting so much. I turned off full damage because I was like, I'm not going to like die. I, like, because when you fall and you hit the ground, if you die from falling, it takes a chunk of your health oh, off you when you respawn. That I've, that's what I've done. I've yeah, I turned that off before I even started I the like, game because I felt that was unfair. Yeah, because that's the first it. game, there's a lot of like trial and error platforming. Well, I was yeah, like, I don't exactly. want to be punished for that. That's so. what, there was also one bit where there was some pipes you have to walk along and the pipes don't seem to quite line up correctly. Mm. So Cal just kept yeeting himself into the abyss. Great. And I was like, if you if you don't stop this, Cal, we'll have a problem. It's got really quiet. Yeah, it has. I don't know. It was like a Scared. like a like a fan or something. Yeah. Just some ambient building kind noise. It's just noise. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Who knows? It's weirdly well, quiet in here now. Yeah, there's a, been a few bits where it's been a bit wonky, but mm. for the most part, the platforming is fine. Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely, as I said last week, brute forced some of the, the solutions to puzzles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I did that in the first game a couple of times before I had the relevant powers to do them, like mm. just just forcing my way up onto ledges and yeah. stuff. Um, but yeah, I think it's a phenomenal game. Really, really impressed, despite the bugs. Um, I can't say the latest patch really made it all that much more mm-hmm. stable, but they've yeah. since they patched it since I finished it. Uh, and now I have no reason to go back to it. But uh, I It's thought... definitely not as juddery as it was before. Oh, really? I've noticed. As, like Sometimes when there was coming out of certain movements, there would be quite a lot of frame rate judderiness. But mm. now it's not there anymore, so that's oh. nice. I loved it. Thought it was great. Definitely going to be in contendership for the top five games of the year, I think, uh, mm. come the end of the year, because it was so. really, really good. And now, despite the other games that I've played briefly, I'm not really sure what's next for me. I'm going on holiday next week, and I think I'm going to play Zelda when I'm on holiday on the Switch. Mm. Uh, but I can't really... I mean, you're the expert of games what are coming out. I can't really think what the next big one is. Uh, there's not any huge ones this month. You've got Diablo 4 the end of next the beginning of next month and mm-hmm. a few there's quite a lot of indie games next month but no huge releases suicide squad was supposed to come out next month oh, yeah. but obviously yes. it's now not yes. um and there's bits and pieces like a couple of switch games and stuff that are coming out next month there is a, a bunch of stuff that i think looks really interesting but mm. none of it is a huge drop but also there's loads and loads of showcases and stuff next month so i'm sure yes, there'll there be are. a lot mm. more coming out in the following months here's so. hi-fi rush 2 yeah we've Ooh, just dropped it on it's you ready it'll be nice to have a bit of quiet time in terms of big releases to mm. catch up on like some stuff we've missed like i've yeah. still not played chia and i'd really like to mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah so june june's your month to yeah. do that well apart from that i've also played a little bit more pokemon gold got a couple more of those gym badges um i played fifa 23 mm. because i'm a lad yeah <laughs> and uh i took northampton town fc to the Champions League final Whoa. and then won. Whoa. And that was so hard because the way that FIFA works out if your you know if your team's not rated very highly the way that FIFA then executes upon that is that your players act as if they've never seen a ball before in their entire <laughs> lives. So they'll like trip over they'll they'll like do full power shots where they'll just pass it along the ground to the goalkeeper. Uh they'll they'll run at you know four or five miles per hour when they're trying to defend like there's the way that the game punishes crap teams and crap players Mm. is like that's just not how it would play out in real life yeah Yeah, it's 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 a very video game it doesn't make them better it makes you worse exactly yeah yeah so it's if you saw Northampton Town FC in real life, I'm sure they would they're world beaters. And they they would maybe struggle against the likes of Liverpool, for example. Mm. However, they wouldn't struggle to the extent where they 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 fall over the ball 
all the time. Yeah. It was like running through treacle most of the time. It was uh, a real challenge, but, you know, a hard-fought victory. We did it. Um, I played some Chivalry 2, oh, which yeah. is on PS Plus this week. Mm. Not for me. Mm. Uh, it seems you spawn... Uh, stab valiantly at a couple of people, get clobbered by six knights all charging in from the same direction, and then you have to wait to respawn, and you do it again. You're you're alive longer when you're sprinting to the battle than you are actually in combat. And I know some people are very good at that game. I am not, but I didn't find it very fun. So I played the first one a lot, and I, I got to enjoy it a lot, but it, it, okay. it, it, is, it can be pretty hardcore. I don't know what the second one's like, but I imagine very similar. Yeah, I mean, I was doing more dying than I was fighting, and uh, that was not a huge amount of fun. So I started that up, and then, and then that's, that's enough of that. And I played Warhammer Vermintide 2, which is the... There's a sequel for that coming out that I think we saw at a summer game fest mm. or one of Jeff's mm. big conferences... It's a 40K version. It looks like the Left 4 Dead yeah. style mm. thing. Yeah, it's yeah. like a four-player co-op game. And we were yeah. like, oh, this actually looks pretty good. This yeah. is the the prequel to that. And it's also pretty flipping good. Oh. I had, had fun, played it in co-op. Um, it it does look a bit like Left 4 Dead in terms of how it's presented in that you load into these levels and you start at the beginning and then fight your way to the end. And there's usually some kind of weird objective or boss on your way but then mm. when you do that you go back to a hub area and you can upgrade your character different classes it's all fully voice acted and uh yeah i thought it was i thought it was pretty good fun actually and that was all voiced by people doing the accents actually being from that country mm. unlike chivalry 2 where the 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 flipping tutorial had this man speaking like a strangled English, Australian, Irish, American accent. And it was clear that they had no clue what they mm. were doing. And it's so, like, it was like nails on a chalkboard for mm. me. And it just does my head in, like, how hard is it? Just to just, hire someone. Just to hire someone from that country mm. to do it. Because I guarantee, no matter how good you think you are at that accent, and people who've heard us do strangled Australian accents before will we'll confirm this. Yeah. You're not as good as someone who's from there. No. And it's it can't be that hard to hire someone from Even if you're in America, I'm someone's guaranteed a British person in America. There's probably, There's probably one a nearby. few of them. Or you yeah. just contact them and get them to record it remotely. Like yeah. there are facilities yeah. in the UK to get something professionally recorded and sent across. Yeah. It's it's not it can't be that hard. But yeah, that was like oh my god this is awful how could they not hear how bad this is anyway that's chivalry too the main thing however the the big thing from this week is that we had a viewing party on friday night uh last friday for mia and the dragon princess oh the boy. brand new yes, we wells did. interactive game thank you to wells interactive for sending us a code for that per asa guidelines because we were sent a code we have to therefore classify this section as an ad however there was no financial compensation we were just sent a code we're covering our asses by saying that because the asa has recently changed their guidelines mm. thank you to wells interactive for sending us a code what did you guys wow. think of mia and the dragon princess i mean as with always on tractor games i loved every second of it mm. but one thing that i will say about these games no matter how cheesy and how wonky sometimes it feels there's no game like it that can get a room full of people to gasp in unison. Yeah. Yeah. Like, my God, there was actual moments where we thought, oh, no, we're going to die. And the whole room was like, <gasps> and then we were fine and it was great. But we had to, we did two playthroughs. We mm -hmm. had like one playthrough where we managed to kill uh, everyone. And then yeah. the second playthrough where we actually felt like figured out what was past. going on. Yeah. 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 Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I did. I forgot that Paul McGann was in it until he just sort of turned up. Well, yeah. in fact, you saw him on like the splash screen, but I was like, oh, it's him. It's Doctor Who. Paul McGann, mm. 
frequently featured in the first playthrough, but in the yeah. second playthrough, we barely saw him at all. He just appeared in a blazer and like uh, fleece. All right, guys. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. He was sort of in saw. the final act as part of the, you know, the big face off, but it was like, if we already knew who he was because we played it before, but you would be like, who's, who's this man? man? <laughs> yeah. Who's not been, he's not been here for the first two thirds of the game. Yeah. Um, there were some incredible moments, like yeah. absolute, you cannot believe how far over the shark they jumped. <laughs> I mean, literally. Yeah. yeah. There was they some, jumped the shark. A man like, got thrown by a shark. It yeah. was, it was, it was sort of oscillated between like all Goodwell's interactive games. Like take, take me seriously. This is a serious thing. And also, a man dying and saying, delete delete my browser history. Yeah, his or last something. words. As uh, he's covered in like nails or something. Delete it was Oh yeah, he had a bunch of holes in him, didn't he? It's so oh, good. Yeah. We don't want to we don't want to spoil anything, but like this is I think the best game Wells Interactive have oh, it's ever so made. Good. And, um if if Wells Interactive want like a quote from Triple Jump, mm-hmm. yeah. should we try and like construct one now so Ooh. that they can like put it on the yeah. game? Um Wells Interactive at its brilliant best. Mm, <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah. Let's uh, keep, we're brainstorming and come up with something. The, uh, hmm. Are we doing about this, this specific game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mia and the Dragon Princess um, is... An adventure like no other. That's a good one, That's right? a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Okay. Um, Paul McGann is... Transcendent. Transcendent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... uh Unbelievable scale. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was impressed by, again, I don't want to spoil anything, but like in our first run, it all kind of took place in the same location and it was all just kind of, you could just see the way it was all done. Hmm. Then in the second one, (laughs) we ended up like somewhere else on location. And I was like, what is this for Wales Interactive? And like the sort of pseudo cg like moments that they'd done and you know i was like okay right fine it's not just like a bunch of people in you know a house that they've hired for the day to Mm. film in or whatever so uh yeah the art style of the opening cutscene was pretty cool as well there's a whole animated bit it's yeah it's like it's so good oh Uh, man (sighs) it's honestly i think the best fmv game i've ever played Mm -hmm. so good not just from like how it's because you know it's an fmv game you know how it's going to play it plays exactly the same as every other fmv game but in terms of like sheer campiness and just i was putting it on before you got because we had like basically all of triple jump came over Mm. to mine to play it and we all got drunk and there was like loads of beige oven food available on the table and we all like just we all crowded around the tv to watch this game beforehand i was thinking oh man like i feel I feel sort of responsible, yeah, yeah, for like how this evening goes. There was it, no, could, it was never going to be bad. It could, it could be crap. And also, I looked it up like a playthrough on YouTube, which had already been posted, was like an hour long, and I thought that's not very long. Like, mm. are people going to be engaged? And it started off kind of slow, like you would expect, but literally there was, as Ashton said, like a big gasp reaction, <laughs> like, what the what the hell like we pressed the share button and rewound to like watch certain yeah. bits yeah. like there was so many there was one of those maybe every 10 or 15 minutes yeah. at least uh it, it it far exceeded my expectations <laughs> some of the the methods that they had as well to like produce certain effects were pretty uh well entertaining like <laughs> you would just see that like clearly something was a flat image that had been like like motion tracked onto a 3d scene like there would be like piles of viscera but it was definitely just like 
viscera.jpg yeah. had been just you know tracked through the camera mode still loved it though yeah ah, so good like it, it was just so so good i can't recommend it enough if mm. you're gonna play any of them that play one. that one yeah. play that one play it with friends yeah and you know if you like to partake in laughter juice and narcotics have a few laughter juices <laughs> slut juice Slut juices, yeah. Slut yeah. Juice, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, um, but thank you for sending that to us, World Interactive. You really yes. made our night. It was really amazing. Mm-hmm. You really did. It was incredible. Time for question two now. Yes. Comes from Michael Milan. Video game auteur American McGee has recently left the industry after an unsuccessful bid for a third Alice game fell on deaf ears at EA. He has instead moved to a family business of plus to the family business of plush rabbits representing various neurodivergencies. They're actually delightful. If if your favourite video game creator went into a completely different career, what do you hope that they would do? Mm. Sad to hear about about American McGee. Mm. From from my brief research, it doesn't look like he's released a game for quite a while. Mm. A lot of projects cancelled, but, you know, he's worked on lots of huge, huge games in the past. Mm. Um, And he has been credited, I think, on the re-releases of Doom and Doom 2 and Quake and stuff, but I'm not sure if he was actively involved in those remasters and re-releases or if it's just because he worked on them originally right so now he's having um, a great time making bunny yeah, I've rabbits got the, i've got the link it's gone it's printed in a, a really unhelpful yeah color that's a good color see. isn't so it it's, uh mysterious.americanmcgee.com mcgee spelled m-c-g-e-e mm-hmm. and they're really cool actually i had a look at them there's flipping loads of them mm-hmm. there's like pride plushy rabbits as well and mm-hmm. all sorts so they're worth worth checking out they look cool peter yeah You've got developers that you like, that you're best mates with? Yeah, I have. Well, this actually happened with one who I hope is not too controversial to mention. Um, Nothing, I think, was ever kind of uh, done about the allegations made. But um, uh, flipping, what's his name? Michel Ancel was apparently part of the sort of toxic work culture at Ubisoft. No, I don't think any kind of uh, like sexual harassment allegations were made against him. There were others at the time being made about other people but for him it was just i say just uh, that it wasn't a nice environment to work in there was a lot mm. of crunch and so on and so forth but uh he is the man behind um uh, beyond good and evil but also things like rayman and peter jackson's king kong which is quite a good game uh he left the industry a couple of years ago in the middle of the uh, beyond good and evil uh prequel development to go and set up a wildlife sanctuary oh that's lovely yeah he was working at the time as well with are they called Black Sheep or Wild Sheep Studios um, who were making Wild? Are they still making Wild? They, uh, It's never officially been cancelled. When was that? Gamescom 2014, yeah, it maybe? it looked really good and it looked like they'd actually... I mean, it was clearly just a vertical slice, but it looked like it was, you know, kind of cheer. working. And, yeah, it was cheer, It was basically. cheer. Um, you could, like, um, uh, possess animals mm-hmm. and, like, go around as, like, a snake or a sheep or a bear or whatever. Um, it looked really good and then I think about a year or so ago they added like one image to their official website and it was like oh is this still happening Mm. no no it's not still happening but anyway he went to start a wildlife sanctuary so he did it and I'm very happy for him assuming he's not a bad man and I don't know if he is or not Um, but I would like to see Joseph Fares mm-hmm. just become like a public speaker. Yeah. Just do like TED Talks. <laughs> yeah. um, you could do anything. Yeah. You put your mind to. Just swearing flip. constantly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what I want to see. Mm. So Fares, get get to TED. I know they don't have like permanent speakers at TED Talks, but 
They should do. They should you should Joseph do one Farrell. of those like um, life. You know, they have those like uh, how to fix your life workshops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where yeah. a bunch of like middle aged people read a book and then they go and get someone to seminar. Yeah. Seminars. That's yeah. thank you. I think you should do those. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. want his brother to be involved because I love his name so much. Farez, Farez. Yeah. I know it's really good. So I mean, I've been American name. McGee. Yeah. Shakira, Shakira. Yeah. Farez, Farez. <laughs> Ashton, Ashton. Yes. What have you got? Thank you, Ben Ben. Matthew, Matthews. Um, I. <laughs> I mean, Randy Pitchford should obviously go off and embrace his magical, <laughs> his magic <laughs> career, <laughs> magical career, yeah, uh-huh. and or maybe maybe design some shirts. I thought that's what you were going to lead with, yeah. yeah. Go design, design I think he should become a magician and disappear. Oh, oh blimey! Very mm. good. Um, but I think Jeff Keighley, he didn't create video games, but he technically is a creator in the video game space, so yeah. it counts. Mm. Um, I think he's got big school teacher energy, and I think that if he quit, he would like go and teach like primary school. Okay. He, he'd be very popular. He'd as be well. very popular as well. He'd have his t-shirt and his blazer combo on. He, you know, I think he'd be really good at. It. Yeah. I just when I look at him, I think that man mm. was destined to be a school teacher, but accidentally fell into video games just well, his face that. um also i think hideo kojima i think he should start a new life as either a like movie youtuber because mm-hmm. he just loves watching movies whenever yeah. he, i go on his twitter he's like i'm watching mario and imax today and i was like good for you babe love that for you also i think he'd be a good painter Good I painter. think like he, he he's got the energy to be a painter. He I does think. look like the kind of person that would wear a turtleneck and walk yeah, around yeah. an art gallery with yeah, his arms yeah. behind his back. Mm-hmm. Those, those glasses, like, glasses and his yeah. and his yeah. smart hair and neat beard. He'd be like, and, "This you know, work, yeah. is my brain fart painting." Whatever is Hideo Kojima's brain fart. Kojima's brain fart. Yeah, I think he'd be a great painter. He's just got, I think, the energy, yeah. the stillness of You're a painter. Right. He's a very quiet man. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's not, but. I don't speak Japanese. This so. is the very first strand painting that's been done. <laughs> oh, God. We're yeah. going to have a second strand game soon. Mm, yeah, that's yeah. That's going to happen. Oh, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever that, that means. Yeah, well, I won't play it this time. <laughs> I'll, I'll learn my lesson. I'll just be quiet. Just let people enjoy their boring game. Yeah. Um, oh, no, it was loud again. Uh, <laughs> I've got a few here. One of them is, I mean, a couple of them actually are based on what these developers were originally inspired by. And I just think, what if they went and did that? Hmm. Like Hidetaka Miyazaki, he's done with Soulsborne games. He's going to write choose-your-own-adventure books. Right. Uh, I'd love a Miyazaki-scripted Choose your own adventure book. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, a Miyazaki it's just full scripted of you die. FMV game. Yeah. Oh, see, well, that would be very good. That would be good. Uh, how about Satoshi Tajiri, to there? Satoshi Tajiri, mm. the creator of Pokemon, who was originally inspired uh, by bug collecting as a child. Mm. What if he made some sort of like bug collecting activity set for children mm. and like did a, did a documentary series about bugs and the places you can find them and so on? Yeah. And that would be a good. That would be good for him. I hope he enjoys bugs that. and where to find them. Yeah, by mm-hmm. by Satoshi Tajiri under rocks. And finally, I've also written Hideo Kojima should make a film. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he loves films. He's been so making much. he's been making how movies weird it would be. for so for yeah. I can't believe he hasn't done it yet with with all his mates with Guillermo and stuff. Yeah, he needs to go make a movie. Why hasn't he done it yet? I mean, some would argue that he's already done it like several times over mm. in all the Metal Gear Solid games, but you know, make a movie. Hideo. Starring Norman Reedus. Yeah. And I want and the credits to all read Hideo Kojima. Hideo Kojima. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Directed all by mm. all of the arts done by him because he's all a painter. Yeah. yeah. Do you think because he's so subversive in video games and he was kind of one of the first people to make 
movie-like games mm. that he would be the first person to make a game-like movie. And oh, like you would sit down to his film thinking he will be able to do this because he's been making, as you say, he's been making films There's in the gaming industry. six hours of walking across the we field. would sit down and it's not actually a film because that's how weird he is. And he's like, no, it's not actually a movie. At one point, a big choice comes up on the screen and you have to leave and go into another screen yeah. Yeah. To, to see the outcome of the movie mm. uh, if you go that way. I don't care what it would be. I would watch it. Hideo, mm. get Make on Make a it. movie. Do it. It's time for something a little bizarre, something a little peculiar. Perhaps it's called... It's called Weird News. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. It's weird news time. Time for some weird video game news. Remember, if you want to submit some weird video game news to us, you can do by posting under the post of the post on the post on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, we may pick it and give you a shout out here. If you want to guarantee a shout out, though, you need to go to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump support us at a certain tier and become a podcast producer just like just like Nathan G.Y. Goliath, Nicole Hansen, Duncan Wilson, Katie Garrett. Slash Jared. You have mixed it up, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. And now it's thrown you off. <laughs> yeah. Ellie Nicholas. Nexus Polaris. Melody Elbonet. Blake Thomas. And Gabrielle Philippine. I think I was just excited about mixing it up that I forgot that I had to speak <laughs> okay. again. Thank you, podcast producers. Thank you, podcast, Thank you, podcast producers. producers. Peter, what's your weird news? I've got a weird news here that was submitted by Peter Austin. Um, <gasps> oh. Who's that guy? Yeah. Sounds well, like he's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Well, wait till you hear how weird he is. He's been reading PCGamer.com. Okay. Politically correct gamer. Yep. Gross. Gross. Gamer. Go Not on, such. <laughs> the US Navy is training sea lions and dolphins to play video games. Finally. Sick. Finally. Uh, this is written by Rich Stanton. Um, subheading. No word on the Navy SEALs. That's another that's, animal noise. That's how they speak. A new press release from the US Navy arrives with the rather eye-catching headline, The Navy's sea lions love video games. <laughs> do they or do they love treats? They have yeah. Navy sea lions. The sea yeah. lions 
owned They've by been the doing Navy. this for decades. They train uh, dolphins and stuff to go and find mines and, and oh. crap like that. Mm. Um, <laughs> like like espionage and stuff. <laughs> to espionage. <laughs> yeah. They do. These strap, what did like, you see? These strap <laughs> microphones to dolphins and send them off. Um, <laughs> do you hear about those dogs that were trained in Russia? This is years ago, uh, like decades ago. To um, The idea was that they were going to put a bomb on the dog, right? right okay. And they trained the dog to run under a tank so that they could send it off after enemy tanks. Right. Unfortunately, and then they, the dog they had to train them on Russian tanks. So they only blew the dog up learned. <laughs> <laughs> so that is what happened. Right, okay. Yeah. I'm just imagining a dolphin in a tuxedo. It keeps making me laugh. <laughs> yeah, playing poker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the contents of the article certainly deliver, focusing on a sea lion nicknamed Spike, who's apparently, quote, the most avid gamer in a sea pen floating in the San Diego Bay. Wow. Spike likes fish, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. napping, and playing a game system designed by Navy scientists to train marine mammals. But why? The Navy is very proud of Spike because although he was the last of three male sea lions to learn how to play these video games, he was the first to complete the full training program. Mm. He learned to understand the concept of controlling a cursor on screen and was then gradually put through a series of more challenging games with plenty of fishy rewards along the way. Do you reckon he gets really annoyed that he has to wait so long for the sequel? And well, wait until yeah. yeah. they, they do all sorts of commentary on this. Do they? Okay. This apparently marks the first recorded success in testing cognition of California sea lions with animal controlled interface the gamer the gamer sea lions are a project run by the u.s navy marine mammal program which also has gamer bottlenose dolphins as well as training the mammals to perform various tasks the organization believes the games as and as and as well as training the mammals to perform various tasks the organization believes the games offer cognitive enrichment and essentially keep the animals happier and healthier hmm. so that's why ashton apparently okay. Cool. One of the games described is a simple maze game where Spike has to manipulate the cursor to the exit. The Navy press release describes it thus, and it's basically just... Is it one of those maze. spooky ones it's when like you get to the end? One. Woman yeah. <laughs> it's like, it looks a lot like that, actually, but it's just bigger. There's a picture of um, the sea lion playing the game. Great. Here's another... Oh, will it load? I just... What is this? Just the weirdest thing. Is. Yeah. He's cute. He looks very polite. And look how happy he is. Oh, yeah. I did Roaring it. in yeah. approval. <laughs> there will be a link to this article uh, Article in the... It's one of my favorite weird news you've ever had. Mm. Yeah. It's a good one. So the article continues, and there's no line break here. It says, okay, but what's this Elden Ring build? Mm. Quote, I really care about these animals and the lives they lead, says Kelly Winship. I love the idea, because there's no line break there, that they actually ask. <laughs> yeah. So what's this? Yeah. And she's like, look, this is a serious <laughs> We really experiment. care about them, We really okay? care about them. Stop asking me stupid questions. Uh, I love all the cool stuff we can look at with this research, but at the end of the day, I want to see them happy and enjoying themselves, mm. she says. Um, and then we want to see them play Elden Ring. Skip yeah. through. Um... <laughs> To there is a bit that's worth. I like the idea that she was like they won't enjoy themselves if they play Elden Ring. Yeah, I want them happy, not sad. Mm. Over time, Spike and his this is a quote. Over time, Spike and his friends could switch <laughs> directions when the cursor bumped up against a wall. They could complete levels at, at an at an average clip of six seconds and win in fewer than seven button presses, says the Navy, sounding a bit like a proud dad. <laughs> they also built an automatic feeder that linked to the system, but after early trials, discovered that the sea lions preferred sessions where trainers fed and encouraged them. Oh. My heart is breaking at this story. <laughs> 
Um, the research possibilities with this are endless, said Kelly Winship. We built a game where we can compete against Spike. He can chase us around and we can move away. He hasn't seen it yet. He's going to be really excited. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And then let me just say this bit as well. The Navy has also built an EVE system for bottlenose dolphins. That, that's the name of the game system for bottlenose dolphins, which has a large projector screen visible from the water with joysticks that the dolphins manipulate with their mouths in the water. The sessions take place after sunset, so there's no sunlight interfering with the projector. And apparently it looks like an eerie PSI movie night with the Navy adding the detail that it could be a TV, uh, it could be a TV night because the dolphins like watching SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> <laughs> they like watching yeah. it. Yeah. Nobody likes I don't think there are any. Are there any dolphin book. characters in SpongeBob SquarePants? No, I can't think of any. Fish, there's I that think. whale. Yeah, there's a whale. That's the closest. Pearl. Yeah. Pearl, yeah. Um, and then just uh, with what you were saying, Ben, uh, they say here, uh, apparently the main difference with marine mammals and humans when it comes to video games is the animals show delight when they win, but don't get frustrated when they lose. Quote from Kelly Winship, you don't really get to see lions scoffing and throwing the controller down. Oh, <laughs> they would if they had hands, though, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, they would. To be honest. Yeah. So there we go. What a lovely story. Amazing. That is really good. That's very good. Now to bring the tone down. Oh, mm. brilliant. I have one. It was submitted by at Idan Wilson and at Ben Jimmerville from Games Radar Plus uh, by Austin Wood. Starfield's terrible sex dialogue has me seeing stars too. Oh. But so. I have interest. What's Starfall? Am I just combining Starfield and Redfall? Yeah. Is that what I did earlier? I guess yeah. so. Meant to ask. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, woo. That was amazing. Was it, though, is the subheading? Mm -hmm. Starfield apparently, is, apparently doesn't show full-blown sex scenes, but that hasn't stopped Bethesda Callous. from including oh. some amazingly Callous. cheesy pillow talk. Woke games. So go woke, woke, go bro. I'm so sick of this woke culture, man. PC nonsense. Show full... Boobs. Alien boobs. Peen is what I was going to say. Robo-peen. Where is it? The ESRB's I know newly got it. released Starfield rating has complicated what was thought to be a closed discussion on sex in Starfield. After all, the Australian rating board flatly observed that it had no sexual content. Well, it turns out Starfield does at least have post-sexual content in the form of suggested material in the dialogue, including conversations had after sharing a bed with characters. Incredibly, a few lines were offered as examples in the rating blurb. Here are the examples that you may okay. find after having had sexual relations. Yes. Life is a sexually transmitted disease that is 100% fatal. Good. Mm -hmm. I'm all for getting a little wild, but next time let's try it without the jetpacks. <laughs> oh, even better. Talk about seeing stars. Woo. That was amazing. Now, I don't know about you guys, mm. but I have said each of those. Lines. Me too. Yeah. Like within the last month. Yeah. I'm sick of the jetpack coming out all the time. It's like, no, please. Can we can do we, it without the jetpack? Jet I was joking I want before, some vanilla, I really actually yeah. just quite Vanilla like sometimes. It. I don't want to be floating in space. Do you remember that Fallout game we played on... Uh, yeah, Brotherhood of Steel. Weird. Brotherhood of Steel, where we had sex. We were a ghoul, and we yeah. had sex with a prostitute. And, and then she kept saying... She said Whoa. something like, like, ugh, I think something fell off, or yeah. something like that. Yep. Like, yeah. yeah. And that wasn't Bethesda. No. no. Obsidian, like, they don't care. They'll, yeah. they'll like full Annie Vegas had uh, like the what's he called Mr. Fisto the robot that mm. you can sleep with yeah. um, and I think I was I don't think there was anything in Fallout 4 uh, there may have been I might be confused but mm. yeah it's very it's, it's cowardly mm. I think yeah. it's cowardly mm. Mm. I think it so too. it's an adult game anyway these people are gonna be having mad sex all the time mm. yeah especially in the post apocalypse <laughs> what else is there to do 
Um, Drugs. Yeah. Because those are in there. Yeah. But sex is too scary. Yeah. Can't have that. Sorry, Ashton, carry on. I will. I am particularly struck by the second line, not so much because it proposes the possibility of jetpack sex, probably not the case, but also probably not very safe. But because if it's not about jetpack sex, where were these characters discussing that? Where were these characters discussing that deserve to be sandwiched between these two other lines? Also, if that first line isn't on a shirt a hot topic already, it will be very soon. Mm. Um, the presence of this kind of dialogue in Bethesda's RPG also raises questions about its structure. For instance, does the Pillar Talk follow a branching format like normal quest conversations? Are there skill checks? <laughs> that is to say, will your partner storm Persuade. out of the room in a huff, sheets clutched at their waist, if you fail a Pillow Talk skill check while trying to be cute and witty? Will Starfield Direct address these things? Probably not. Damn it all. Damn it all. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. Apparently, Starford also has in-game purchases, but that doesn't necessarily mean microtransactions. Okay. They put Good. that as a little tidbit under an advert, so we didn't see it. Yeah. This weird news comes courtesy of Cameron Keyword on Twitter. Um, the website is Go Nintendo, and this is written by Jay Maldonado. It's a follow-up to a weird news story that we've done before. Oh. Mm. Now, you may remember that we talked about the person who bought some, uh, what are they called? Vintage Nintendo playing cards. And they were, I think they were both ruined by, oh, yeah. by like flood oh, yeah. damage or something. They were both, they were both water damaged and they were all like clumped together and ruined basically. Mm. Uh, so here we are. We previously reported on an unfortunate incident where, where collector Eric Vosquil's newly purchased 1950s Nintendo cards were fused together beyond repair. Well, thanks to the Vosquil's story going public, the collector was approached by two independent individuals who offered to sell him their packs in pristine condition. Here's a quote. Within months, of, uh, within months after posting the story online, I was offered two decks by two different people, both from the United States. They approached me separately after reading about these cards on this blog. Both decks were purchased and now in Voskiel's possession. He has posted high-quality images of the cards to his blog, where he goes into more detail on the purchase of the cards and the historical significance they hold for Nintendo. Check out the link below if you're in for a history lesson. Aww. Aww. So he got it. He, he got, got his, his cards. cards. He got his cards in the end. The general public came to came to his defense, and uh, they, he did have to buy them again. But yeah. at least he's yeah. now got them in his collection. They, they didn't the say you can have them like, free. Oh, I can yeah. make some money here. I heard you wanted some cards, and yours got ruined. I've what got are you some. buying, stranger? <laughs> You're going to be double the price, though, because I know how desperate you are. Yeah. Yes, I know what I've got. Yes. I know what I've got. Well, there we are. That's weird news. It's time to move on to the big discussion. Mm. Big discussion time. This week's big discussion comes courtesy of Nikki P, who says, Hey, Bap, there has been a lot of, there has been, sorry, a bit of discourse on recent leaks on Tears of the Kingdom by Kotaku and their assertions of being blacklisted by Nintendo for early release codes, etc. And some backlash on a tweet from Luke Plunkett on the blacklisting issue. Oh, What's your real. take on this? Is blacklisting media outlets appropriate? What's the point of leaking? Hugs and kisses. Chris's, sorry, it says. Hugs and Chris's. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, uh, this is a story that broke... Uh, sort of at the beginning of the week, I would say. Yeah. Um, and it's very unfortunate because it definitely implicates our our, our boy, Luke Plunkett, mm. who Chief we often source uh, for weird news. Uh, yeah, but the tweet was tasteless. The tweet was tasteless. Yeah. And I will describe it shortly because I've got a big old write-up here from Yahoo Sports because it was difficult to find a sort of reputable outlet that was covering the blacklisting issue mm. that wasn't sort of agenda-filled. So mm -hmm. here we are. 
Kotaku is facing backlash from social media users and gamers for publishing an article that reveals leaked details regarding Nintendo's anticipated game, The Legend of Zelda. Sorry, The Legend of Muller. Points, Points for, for the, the Kingdom. Kingdom. United. 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 On May the second, the website published an article titled "Everything We've Learned: Everything We're Learning About Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom from the Leaks." The article, written by Zach Gack, it says, which isn't correct. I've checked; it's Ethan Gack. Well, I was going to say we've quoted before. I saw it elsewhere reported as Zach Gack. That's as well. not right. They're confusing Zach Zweizen yeah. and Ethan Gack. Right? Because I remember it, I was like, "Oh, is there another Gack now? Is there some His nepotism going on?" No, it's the Gack man. At least they've both got away with it. You know. Yeah. No one's being implicated because this guy doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to take down Zach Gack. <laughs> Where is he? Um, the article written by Ethan Gack came after he took to his... Sorry, I've just noticed. Zach Gack and Ethan Zvison. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Come on. Come on. Let's, let's focus up here. It's important. Uh, <laughs> Came after, uh, sorry, came after he took to his personal Twitter account on April the 26th to express his disappointment in Nintendo for having blacklisted Kotaku. Here's a quote. It's preview day for Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, a huge game I would love for Kotaku to be able to inform its millions of readers about firsthand. Unfortunately, Nintendo still has it blacklisted from advanced coverage, a move I would argue is both unprofessional and coercive, Gak tweeted. Do you think maybe Zach and Ethan got married? Oh, that would be beautiful, wouldn't <laughs> it? Could have and done, he is yeah. now Zach Gak. Yeah. Yeah. And then they could be, hang on, they could be uh, Zach Gak Sveizen and Ethan Sveizen Gak. Jesus, it's so hard. (laughs) Last week, Nintendo held a preview event for the upcoming game wherein many media outlets were able to attend. However, Kotaku was not invited to the event for having been blacklisted for previous coverage on Nintendo games. Although it is unclear when or why the the website was specifically blacklisted, gamers and social media users point to numerous articles published by Kotaku which is known to post leaks and insider information in the past that were alleged to have damaged Nintendo's business. One article that became notably problematic for Nintendo was Metroid Dread is already running great on Switch emulators, which was published just days after the game Metroid Dread was released in October 2021. The article shared where and how users could access the emulators, potentially showing readers potentially allowing readers to illegally play the game for free, which was in turn regarded as an insult by many fans. Hey, real quick, if you are a Nintendo lawyer or employee, just like, don't read this. It was a silly mistake. Ignore this blog. You can go now. Okay, everyone else, dot, 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 writer Zach Sveizen starts before ending his article with, Nintendo, like most game publishers, is really bad about maintaining access to their past games outside of the few big sellers. Thank God for pirates, emulators, modders, and hackers. It has since been updated to remove those lines after Sveizen was widely criticized. Last week, Kotaku senior writer Luke Plunkett sparked backlash by tweeting a historic World War II photo in defense of a colleague who leaked details about The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom amid being blacklisted by Nintendo. Very normal behavior, Plunkett replied to a person who wrote, you complain about Nintendo blacklisting you, then post spoilers based on leaks, who is being unprofessional here? I am years past caring what these people say. I am simply aghast at the fanatical fervor with which it with, with which it's thrown in 2023, Plunkett added, before concluding his tweets with a photo of US 356th Fighter Squadron Commanding Officer Lieutenant Colonel Lieutenant Colonel James H. Howard. 
In the photo, Howard sits in an aircraft emblazoned with victory markings, Japanese and Nazi Germany flags, and represent confirmed kills against both Nazi Germany and Imperial Japan. Nintendo is a Japanese company that is headquartered in Kyoto. Mm. For the record, he wrote, this is how I feel about publisher blacklists. The tweet has since sparked accusations of insensitivity and racism, with many social media users mocking Kotaku's grievances against Nintendo's decision to blacklist them. He's deleted the tweets mm. now as well. Oh, bloody hell. Right, so that's... That's the basic gist. So I should start off by saying that um, that Kotaku has a history of doing this anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were previously blacklisted in 2015 by Ubisoft for leaking stuff about uh, or posting screenshots and leaked information about Assassin's Creed Syndicate and by Bethesda for publishing uh, information about Fallout 4 before that was officially revealed, I think, in 2013. So they've been through this before. And this one, I understood it based on from from when i heard about it i understood that they had been blacklisted because of the article that they were that they posted about the leaks but actually they were blacklisted before then and i think the leaks were a little bit of a little posting about the leaks in such a, a bla yeah in such a brazen fashion almost feel felt like they were thumbing their nose at nintendo yeah. like no 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 you've blacklisted us so we're gonna post about all the leaks and spoilers yeah seemingly there's no uh actual confirmation anywhere as to exactly why they were blacklisted in the first place but as that mm. article says it's likely to do with for example, the Metroid emulation uh, article and, and other things like it. Mm. I think, I don't know quite, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I don't think, um, I don't approve of like an article where it just says, here's how to pirate this video game that yeah. came out a few days ago. Especially like, not from a publication like Kotaku. Like no. you know, they'll find blogs, but most of them they're smaller. They don't have the same or Reddit reader base. Or yeah. is where you go for that. There's stuff. no reason to be doing an article about that or and there's no excuse for it. I think in terms of covering leaks that you're not responsible for. So it, say someone had got in touch with them and said, hey, here's this information. I want to like sell you this story. And they published it. That I think is problematic. Um, I think if the leaks are already out there, and, you know, they're not responsible for the leaks themselves, then I don't know quite how I feel about punishing someone for covering that um, because it's, in a sense, it's not their fault. If they've already signed various kind of agreements and NDAs for, you know, uh, if they're going to be given early access to a game, then it's probably in breach of that in its own way to be, mm -hmm. you know, doing leaked information, even if they weren't doing the leaks in the first place. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I don't quite know where I sit on that. Um, but ultimately, I think it's kind of, it's Nintendo's choice who they invite to their uh, events. And if they've got a reason, such as here's how to pirate uh, a Nintendo game being an article on Kotaku, then I don't really have a big problem with Nintendo having made that decision. Um, I, I don't always agree with everything Nintendo does when it comes to video games journalism and media and you know they are quite notorious or at least were notorious for a very long time for making it difficult for people to post footage legitimately like you know trying to do commentary and transformative content and stuff we've had issues before getting matched um with trailer content yeah. so they don't always make the right calls but um you know i think their decision to leave kotaku out on this occasion is it's up to them and i think it's easy to justify it um, you know, I can see the argument both ways, but I'm not against it, really. 
Before I answer the question, should I tell you what the community had to say? Yes, yes please, please. Do. Yeah, We'd yeah. love to. You posted this, didn't you, on the on the YouTube community tab? I did. And if you want to share your opinions, we'll be doing that going forward. So yeah. have a check it out on a Wednesday. There'll be a post there, and we'll check it on a Thursday morning. I had to put my waders on and go yeah, through the comments mm -hmm. uh, because there was like over two hundred, uh, wow. and some of them a little what, bit what nasty, colourful? weren't they? Colourful, bit, colorful, bit, bit blue. rude. Mm bit rude but i've got a few here um and this one comes from cam nintendo and other big publishers may suck on so many levels but at the end of the day they have a right to keep their products under wraps and they have a right to cut the ties with outlets who go against that um senator cthulhu said talking about games leaking but not going too much into detail is fair enough publishing huge articles about a game that from leaks that uh, but publishing huge articles about a game from the leaks you've read is worthy of a blacklist. In Kotaku's yeah, case, fair. publish an article on the guide on how to download a Switch emulator and play Metroid Dread for free, so they absolutely deserve it. Mm. Uh, Kotaku, uh, Mike Wicked said Kotaku owed Nintendo nothing. This was newsworthy. Any news publishers worth their salt and not beholden to legally binding, legally binding arguments agreements, sorry, would have published it. It was also done with respect to the, for their readers by warning that spoilers were contained within. So if you didn't want to be spoiled, you could stop reading. I applaud Kotaku. Um, and then someone said in a vacuum, I think the outlets should be able to cover things like leaks if they are out there without having fear of the big giant corporations coming down on them. It does depend on how things are covered exactly, of course. If you're going to cover leaks, and you should probably mention up front that these leaks, these are leaks and not official information. Plus, you'd leave spoiler-like content out of things like titles, thumbnails, and other things that could be seen by people who aren't deep diving into content. Um, I did say that people should be able to cover leaks that are already out there. Leaking yourself and spoiling is not cool. In this age of dystopian levels of corporate power, it's important to maintain the rights and freedoms of normal people and smaller entities and for them not to face absurd backlash simply for using their free speech. And then Said says, in an ideal world, all gaming press would be blacklisted. The special relationship between publishers and pressures leads to the press having to toe the line and carefully avoid publishing obvious truths because they because most can't afford to have the preferential access to previews and early review copies um, taken away. But that's bad for all of us. Who knows how many journalism sites conveniently never dared break stories about Activision Blizzard harassment scandal just because their bottom line demands that they get COD a week before release. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe so. Um, yeah. All of which are things that I think are fair enough yeah. uh, from both sides of the argument there. Yeah. Um, like they were saying, I don't think a news, a gaming news outlet commenting on news about leaks is bad mm -hmm. i think that potentially they were egged on to do it more because they didn't get access to this early review stuff mm. i think that you know we've seen sometimes that if we don't get something and someone else does there's a little bit of jealousy a little of bit of spite that you you know get in your in your ghoulies and you feel a bit like <laughs> i've got spiteful ghoulies. <laughs> i've got spiteful ghoulies and you feel like sometimes maybe you 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 take the next time you maybe not at the most egregious to these companies however when it comes to something like you know the emulating stuff that's where i think kotaku lose their argument in terms of we shouldn't be blacklisted just for posting about stuff because what you posted about was essentially illegal so fair enough that they've cut you off but i do also think that the uh, the community bring up a good point of like well how much are outlets allowed to say with this fear of being blacklisted and taken off the early review stuff um we wouldn't know because we're not really on any of them no. but sometimes there is that obligation that you feel if you've been sent a code or if you've been given a copy of a game to kind of not cover all of the bad things you still talk about them but you don't want to ruin that relationship 
immediately by saying this game's crap you shouldn't play it because you want kind of these access because content nowadays is old very very quickly and if you haven't got these content early then you are losing out on clicks and views and stuff but um i do feel like kotaku shot themselves a little bit in the foot with the uh leaking stuff after they'd already been kind of dodgy relationship with nintendo but like we say we don't know when this happened or maybe this was a new thing but i do think that the the only reason this is news is because luke plunkett tweeted that if he hadn't have tweeted that tweet no one would be talking about it because we wouldn't necessarily be like okay well people don't get codes all the time people don't get early access to things all the time Mm. it doesn't really mean that much sorry you didn't but that's on you if luke plunkett hadn't put that honestly tasteless and terrible tweet up I think no one would really discuss whether Kotaku was rightly or wrongly blacklisted by Nintendo. It's, it's all because of that tweet is the only reason anyone is talking about it, yeah. I think. I strongly believe that Kotaku and any media outlet can post about whatever they want. Mm-hmm. However, there are consequences that come with that. Yeah. And they know from past experience that you will be blacklisted for posting leaks and and you know especially encouraging people to to undertake you know illegal behavior yeah. with mm. with hacking and so on there's clearly been a fraught relationship with nintendo for a while but they should still be allowed to post these leaks like they're out there they're breaking it's almost like a journalistic duty to do it i'm never going to read them yeah. that's yeah. of no interest to me but i don't hold it against them for doing that i wouldn't get cross at them for doing that most websites do play it safe and they say hey uh zelda leaks are out there be careful mm. we're not going to link to it here we're, we're yeah we're not going to talk about it we're here. we're, we're not happened. even going to link to it here but like it's happened so they've they're still going to get clicks the same that way happened with gta 6 when all of that stuff was kind of hacked and released oh, on the yeah. internet yeah. a lot of the articles that we were looking at at the time were like it's out there it mm-hmm. involves pictures of potential gameplay and so on and so forth but most places did not post it. If you wanted to, to find it, safe, it, you had yeah. to go looking for it. Because lots of places were being struck with takedown notices mm-hmm. and stuff like that because the, the leaks were real. Um, I, to an extent, I I do like appreciate Kotaku for like just going for it and posting that stuff mm-hmm. because no one else was going to do it. And I think a lot of people are wrong in thinking that outlets aren't posting this stuff because they respect people's wishes to not see uh, leaks and spoilers and stuff yeah. it's absolutely because they're protecting their ass like that's the yeah. only reason if they yeah, thought it's a great story if they thought not. they could get clicks they would they would publish it they don't care mm. about whether or not you want to see spoilers ultimately uh so kotaku's done it and they were already blacklisted it the seems. bridge was already burned the bridge so. was already burned and i think the real issue that i take with this is that kotaku just look childish yeah. and mm. and they they look mm-hmm. really stupid that there's a lot it's embarrassing of, for them it's really embarrassing there's lots of anti-kotaku sentiment out there there always has been there's always been a subsect of the gaming audience that really don't like kotaku for various reasons and this almost feels like them throwing their toys out of their pram by publishing such a blatant story about the leaks and mm. then ethan or zach or whoever it is <laughs> posting like a tweet saying hey you know what flip nintendo would love to tell you about this game but we're not invited anyway here's all of the leaks like that feels like a direct Mm. retaliation that feels really childish and then luke's been a complete tit and so to the the audience that already hates them 
that confirms their bias already. It's, and yeah. to everyone else, it's like, oh man, Kotaku's really gone down in my estimation. It's changed my mental image of them. Like I used to just picture, I mean, I didn't make a habit of literally picturing it, but if you just asked me, what do you think that they're, they're like? I would just kind of have the same image in my head as I have of Eurogamer or even IGN or, you know, it's just an office with video game interested people in it. And they can say flip. And they can say flip, mm. yeah. They post a, slight, a lot of weird news. Slightly so. edgier and slightly more kind of kooky, but, you know, it's just an office of journalists. Now, in the wake of this, all I can see in my head are like a bunch of angry boys yeah. um, who, who are just like play Zelda and are not allowed. having a tantrum like publicly. And mm. it's just it's just unprofessional. Yeah. The reaction is is the unprofessional thing more than, yeah. uh, you know, the covering the leaks and even the the emulation article. I think like probably the, the worst thing they could have done is the, you know, what they've done in, in terms of their reaction. Yeah. Yeah, I think you I think you hit the nail on the head. They're they're well within their rights to publish this stuff, and I, I really do believe that. And I think more places would publish it if they weren't so scared of well, repercussions. The but they they have to deal with those those repercussions. They know what they are. They've yeah. got past experience with them. And it's yes, yeah, their reaction that I think is the is the is the silly thing here. I do think that like obviously every publisher and every developer reserves their right to give their codes and give their game yeah. to people who that they think deserve it mm -hmm. however i do think that this the sphere and the the energy of like we can't say anything bad about for example nintendo because if we do that nintendo won't give us the game next time we want it yeah. i do think that that is kind of a sad like reality for a lot of these places because like you say someone uh, in the community said how many people knew about the stuff at Activision Blizzard but refused to comment it until it was broken by a bigger, you know, an actual news outlet yeah. because they worried that, oh, we'll never get COD again if we upset them, mm. which is obviously like, you know, like I say, fair enough that they reserve their right. However, with a game, with a sphere like this where there's so much that should be talked about, things that are happening, then how much of it is just being ignored because, oh, well, if we do that, they'll be upset with us and they won't give us the game. It's so cutthroat. A lot of people, a lot of outlets don't don't have the luxury, it seems, to, yeah. to be able to take swings like that because it's it just endangers their entire bottom line, which I think speaks to a more profound issue with how games journalists uh, games journalism even functions and the mm. relationship between the the press and the and the the developers and publishers. But regardless, Talking about Luke's tweet for a second, which is how I how I learned about this whole story. Yeah, saga. me too. I wanted I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not. I don't agree with what he posted, but I also don't believe that he intended it as it was received. Yeah, I think it's gone but worse I, than he. I think yeah. it's hugely tone deaf, and it's a tweet that anyone could take a look at before he sent it and said, "Don't post that." Yeah, mm. there's a million ways that could be read, and it's not going to be the ones that you intended. To we be. sat down after this tweet, me and uh, my po my my partner, my point. Uh, we sat down, and I was like, "This is what I thought." Iris, how I read the tweet, and he was like, "Oh, I didn't get that at all." Like in my mind, like I was referencing, like, "Well, he's talking about killing the Japanese." It's that's the right. the main energy of the tweet. The, yeah, that's why I think people are the most badly. upset. And then Ben was like, "Oh, I didn't get that. I thought it was like they're collecting marks of people that they've been blacklisted by." I was like, yeah, well, "That is what, what it that's says." What he intended, However, you implicate anything to do with World War Two, and it's it's just going to draw yeah. a really actual, unflattering comparison. It had swastikas on it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. because yeah. it was the marks of her, they've shot down. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so he, he was implying that 
he was like he probably Shorting saw that photo. Yeah, yeah, but he probably saw that photo as like a positive thing. Like, yeah, like we've taken down the baddies. The enemies. Like, yeah, but it's still it's still got swastikas on it. And, and regardless, that's gonna be a really risky thing to post. And it's still about killing Japanese people when you're talking about a Japanese publisher. That's the thing, it's gone wrong for two reasons. If it if it didn't have the swastikas, it would still be bad because it looks like you're saying killed another Japanese person or I hate <laughs> the Japanese. Yeah. yeah. And if it didn't have the Japanese things, it's still got swastikas on it. So like you might not make as much of a direct link with Nintendo, a Japanese mm. company, but just maybe just don't really ever post a photo with a swastika on it yeah. on the internet unless you're like a history channel talking about World War II specifically. Without being too hashtag woke. Whoa, well, I... hang on now. You've got to settle down because if Look, you're even a little bit woke, I am walking out I'm that leaving door. The room. I'm getting out of here. Well, I, what I was going to say is as a white man, you have to be careful what you post on the internet nowadays. Yes. You know, everyone does, but specifically as a white man, you should definitely be thinking twice about what you're posting. He's a seasoned games journalist. He should know exactly. better. And a seasoned social media user as well. Like He, yeah. he should have known better. I, there's an article that Kotaku posted in 2015 during the Bethesda Ubisoft stuff, which was sort of, I think it was published by their... Uh, then editor in chief, in defense of like them being blacklisted and saying, you know, basically saying the stuff that we've already said about freedom of the press and like mm. we should be able to post mm. about this stuff without fear of retribution. Like we're going to, if if you don't like it, then sorry, but we're going to continue doing that because that's what we feel is right. And I don't know if they've done a similar thing in the wake of all this, but it it certainly seems to everyone that the reaction from their staff members is akin to babies throwing their toys out of the pram. Yeah. Mm. Like it seems really childish. And while I support them for having posted the leaks, because I think they should be allowed to, the way they've gone about it just feels unnecessarily like combative. Like they they want to pick a fight. Like yeah. they're trying yeah. to pick a fight. And and I don't think they've got anybody on their side. No. Mm. They, uh, yeah. People always talk about Kotaku being woke, but honestly, those tweets and the energy is like did not make me want to work for Kotaku. It was like real laddie kind of like weird energy. And that to me is like the opposite of woke yeah. is that laddie energy. So I was like, everyone was confusing me in the YouTube comments when they were calling Kotaku woke. Cause I was like, why? Because I, it's just a label that applies to anything you don't like. Just don't like. Yeah. It's, uh, so it's just a very easy fits all label. Um, Regardless, though, it's it's a it's a bit of a crappy situation, mm. and uh, hopefully, I mean, and I do mean this. I hope Kotaku will be fine without mm. being able to cover Zelda in a timely fashion. Mm -hmm. But those are the risks. Those are just inherently the risks involved with publishing that kind of content. Uh, we will, of course, bring you Zelda coverage next week. A whole week late. Uh, You're welcome. I believe we are on the line for a code from Nintendo, but it will be release day, which is the day after we record the podcast. So mm. we will tell you our thoughts next week, and we sincerely hope you all flipping love it when it comes out. It's out now. You're probably listening to this while you're running around picking up your seeds and swinging your tree branches. Oh, it's broken. It, the, oh no, Get the tree branch one. is broken. Oh, oh. Get another tree branch Make now. Make some soup. Build yourself a little raft and float off across the river and stuff. Of Hope course, you're having a great a, time. There's a chance that um, Nintendo won't give us the code because tomorrow we're doing a video on how to pirate um, <laughs> yeah. Metroid. 
We are. Um, all of them. Mm. Yeah. All the Metroids. Yeah. Uh, no, we do actually have a Zelda video out this week that you should, yes, you should we do. definitely go and we watch. Do. And yeah. we'll tell you about that momentarily. But of course, let us know what you thought of what we discussed here today in the comments below. Try to keep it clean. We know you won't, but, you know, I'm trying. We're, we're, just, we're to asking To be fair, politely. video comments are much more uh, polite than community, community post posts. comments. Yeah, community posts really It's crazy. Some, it's like, like the Wild West out there. Whenever yeah, I post them, I'm like, oh, feral people out I'm there. scared. Hundreds of replies. Um, anyway, Peter, good. where are people on the internet? Where are we on the internet? We're on the internet at youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. It's where all of our content goes out. Videos on YouTube and live streams on Twitch. When we're streaming on Twitch, we're modded by Lob Rotovich, Trialing Badger and Mr. Black. Um, and if you've got Amazon Prime, speaking of Twitch, you can uh, get a Twitch sub for a, absolutely free. If you're already paying for Prime, it's in that bundle already, so you can just use it on us. And it's well worth doing because we're exclusively streaming on Twitch yes. currently. Mm. So, you know, come come hang out. Yeah. Twitter.com and Facebook.com forward slash Team Triple Jump uh, for video and live stream announcements, legacy video content, Twitch stream highlights of the week, bits of weird news, all sorts of things put there by Fraser and our lovely selves as well. TikTok.com forward slash at Team Triple Jump. All sorts of things put there by just the lovely Ashton Matthews, um, apparently. And Patreon.com <laughs> forward slash Team Triple Jump is our Patreon with various tiers, lots of different things there. Uh, have a look at them and see if you would like to be a patron. Were you saying apparently lovely or? Or apparently stuff is going on there. I don't oh, sometimes. It's, sometimes. They take me longer to make than other things. Okay. Sometimes there's stuff on there. I mean, apparently lovely. No. That's why I was oh, trying to figure out the stuff energy. Stuff is apparently going on there, but I'm not. I'm no talker. I'm no talk head. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. trusting Ashton Matthews' resident talk head to post talks. Uh, because... I've deleted the account. It's not there anymore. <laughs> Have you not? A banned. Got You've it got banned. rid of it. Yeah. It's gone. God's sake. You posted the Nintendo leaks. Yeah, I did. Lol. Anyway, we have a website. It's triple J U dot MP. Spells jump. It's very clever. And if you want to join Discord, go to triple J dot mup forward slash Discord and chat with our wonderful community. On there, we're modded by Jack, Joe, Tori, and Hollowise. And it tells you something. Let you do it. Mm -hmm. All right? Mm. Bunch of weirdos. Bunch of nerds. Um, if you want to listen to the podcast in its audio form, so why not go to triplejet.mup forward slash podcast and check out any of our live stream vods, go to triplejet.mup forward slash vods. To book any of us or James Jenkins for a cameo, go to triplejet.mup forward slash cameo. And if you want to buy some sick and cool merch like this jacket, then go to triplejumpshop.com and make sure you're following at triplejumpshop on Twitter for the latest merch announcements. Absolutely. Why not follow Ashton and Peter on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin and at Scrambled Ashton and myself just on Twitter at Confused underscore Dude. We do lists every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Streams every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Thursday being the joint stream. Place it. On Twitch. Everything mm -hmm. else being on Twitch. Worst Games Ever is fortnightly. Friday for patrons of a certain tier. Sunday for everyone else. Weirdest Games is monthly, a week early for patrons. The After Dark podcast is fortnightly on Monday for patrons. We're recording one right after this. Mm -hmm. Podcast is every Saturday. We do shows all the bloody time. Come check them out. Mm. Why not leave a five-star review on your platform of choice? It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms and we'd really, 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 really appreciate it. Wow. Thank you. That's a lot of reallys. Would, that's how much we'd appreciate it. Mm. What's out on the channel this week? A bloody main menu. Oh. Simmered fruit, is it called? It's spicy simmered fruit from Legend of Zelda 
The first one. It's bad. Breath of the Wild. It's but bad. we're hoping it's in the it's in Tears of the yeah. Kingdom. We had to take an educated guess. Yeah. Ashton and I hated it more than Ben did. Yeah. Oh, I hated it. I just didn't think you it hated was as it. bad. But you were but acting like you didn't. You were acting like we were being crazy for how we reacted. I said it reminded me of like vomit, like yeah. bile, and you said no, absolutely yeah. not. Um, it wasn't that bad. Sick after a jowl crazy. Stop yeah, it. That's what it was. Stop it. Um, it's out now on the channel, so you can check that one out. Please watch uh, it. It came out yesterday. Mm. Please so... watch. If you don't watch it. We'll stop making it. No, Remember last time when the table fell? It. What a show. Yeah. Main menu's great. We watch like it. this show. There'll be another one in two months. Yeah. So go watching this one. Mm-hmm. Watch it over and over again until the next one comes out. Yes. Also something else this weekend. Hey, Peter. Worst games ever. Fusion Frenzy. Fusion mm. spelt with a Z. You've put it with an S. Well, that's how it was spelt on the document. Well, that's wrong. It's <laughs> Fusion Frenzy. Uh, yeah, that was kind of, kind of bad, wasn't it? Yeah, it was rubbish. Yeah. I hated it. Uh, that video and it's really good it's a good video isn't it Peter yeah it's a great video it's a great video yeah edited by Alex Winters mm. I've not actually watched it yet but he handed it to me today I'm sure it's great I'm sure it's great too I'm sure it's great uh, go check it out tomorrow and yesterday if you're a patron mm. Ashton yeah just enough time to talk about this week's sponsor please of course uh, it's of course the Nintendo X Eurovision crossover to make up for them killing the Queen. Oh um, my god! They did do that. It's confirmed. the Legend of Muller. Points for the Kingdom. United. United. Brilliant. Have a good weekend, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 